0: So you're listening to Shift Happens on Kootenai Co-op Radio. My name is Jeff.
1: And I'm Honest.
0: And we have with us today... The famous, or infamous, (laughs) Ghostbuster. In my own mind. Yes. (laughs) Tommy Hopkins. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Spooky.
1: Very spooky.
0: So yeah, we've been chatting about doing this again. We've had Tommy on the show a couple times over the last five years. And we thought, yeah, it's time to do it again. So that's why we have him in today. So say hey to all of your fans, Tommy. Hey to all my fans, Jeff. (laughs) 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 So you lead the way there, Anna.
1: So uh, we were kind of talking about all of these different experiences you've had with clearing ghosts or perceiving ghosts or whatever the, the whole story started spirits,
0: when spirits, spirits there yeah. you go
1: when we were living in a new house um and we were being
2: harassed
0: up
1: in the night and so we contacted you and and you were very helpful with that uh these were all japanese ghosts in that situation
2: It was a very interesting, historical, hysterical learning experience. For you. For me, yeah. Historical and hysterical.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Very interesting.
2: Yeah, well, um, I came to your place and we did a little house ceremony clearing. And then uh, I went home the next night and they followed me home to my place. And they wouldn't let me sleep either. (laughs) And we so, like to spread the love.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Here,
1: maybe if we invite Tommy over for dinner, they'll they'll follow him home. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and uh, which they did, or at least some of them. I think some of them were probably stayed around where you were too. Yeah. And um, so I tried to, you know, put out that they go to the light, and you know, that it's all okay and everything's fine. But I seemed to have been having a communication problem. I didn't, either they didn't understand me or they didn't want to understand me. Or there was a cultural problem or maybe a spiritual or religious blockage or difficulty or something like that. And so this, they kept, you know, I just kept up trying to. Convince them that it's okay to go to the light and look for friends and relatives who have already passed and they'll help them, you know, go. I didn't act, don't actually see them, but I, I'm more of, I guess, a feeler of that kind of stuff. And so this went on, this went on. And then I was talking to one of your neighbors over here by the name of Sally. I don't know if I should mention her name or not. Doesn't Lamar. Matter. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have said her last name. <laughs>
1: okay.
2: She's oh, yeah. a,
1: a very avid fan of the radio stations.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's totally fine. Hi, Sally. And I was having me over there having tea or something with her, and mentioned this poem I was having. She says, "Oh, I got some books on the Japanese internment," so she lent me two. Two books. Uh, I don't remember the name of them, but the one was written by a Japanese doctor who was actually a kid when the internment was taking place during World War Two. And he, in his book, he talks about going up to the little lake up here and they're all playing hockey and Boston Lake, yeah, and stuff, right? Anyway, he wrote this this book. It's sort of like a kid's book, but I really got into it. Like it was. I mean, it was really easy to understand, and and it seemed like he had a real message. He wasn't repeating anybody else's thing or anything. Mm -hmm. Between that book and the other one, uh, what I got was that um, there was approximately 12,500 Japanese people who were interned here, all the way from Lemon Creek to Galena to Caslow. Sort of like a big triangle, and they were anywhere they could put, like any old mining camp, like at Enterprise Creek or, or wherever they that's, they ended up there. And um, so they they went through the whole thing of the war, and then after the war, um, they were allowed to go free. But mo- a lot of them didn't have any money anymore; like everything was. Taken away from them, and they had really no jobs here. Yeah, right. Other than subsistence kind of things, probably, and so they had no money to do do whatever. And I was actually talking to Cole, uh, the where your house was at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the clay house that. Um, they asked if it was the old men that were were staying there, the old single yeah. men. Yes. They asked if they could stay on afterwards because they had absolutely nowhere to go. And I assumed they were the ones that were up to the most mischief. But I don't okay. know that for, for,
1: okay.
2: <laughs> for a fact. But a big, in all that reading, they, most of them were born in Canada. But um Most of them were either believers in Buddhism or or Shintoism. And apparently, I don't know much about either of those, apparently both of those um, religious, spiritual practices, at least once in your life, you're supposed to go to your homeland and visit your homeland, right? Right. So they never had a, even though they were born in, most of them were born in Canada, they never had that, I guess they considered Japan... Their, their homeland. Their homeland. So they right. they had no way of getting there and I guess, you know, they get people get old and they die and and pass on, right? Mm-hmm. So because they hadn't completed that, which is what usually happens with spirits and ghosts and things, they haven't haven't weren't able to complete something. So that keeps them uh earth earthbound. Right. So that's what I, so then what? so okay, I figured that out. So then what I did, I would, um, when I went to bed at night, I put on a shamanic drumming tape, steady monotonous mm-hmm. drumming. And I would get my power animals and we'd fly to all these places that I've heard of Galena and Lemon Creek and Caslow and um, Sand. all everywhere I could, that I'd read about mm-hmm. and um, asked if anybody wanted to go to Japan. So the first night I had, I think I had six, six spirits of one. So put my wings out, and the way we flew to Japan. I got there, and I didn't know where, where all these places they were talking about where they wanted to go. So I said, how about Mount um, Fuji? If I take you there, can you find your way from there? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was good. So Can you do that again? Yeah, <laughs> something like that anyway. Right, very interesting. I'm not very, my Japanese is pretty poor. <laughs> Very poor, actually. Or non-existent. <laughs> actually, it wasn't Japanese at that point. We, we, we had a... felt like we had a... Conne- a, a mental connection. A, a mental connection right. of some sort. Before, I couldn't get them to... It seemed like I couldn't get them to understand me. But then, when I started flying them there, then all of a sudden, we, had, we all had clarity. <laughs> I don't know how it worked, but we'll go with that. And uh, so I took them there, dropped them off, and came back. And then the next night, went to bed put my drumming tape on, same thing again, went all around. And this time I had, I don't know, 10, 12 or something like that. Flew them over there, dropped them on Mount Fuji and came back. This went on for, I don't know, I don't remember, two or three weeks. Yeah. And um, every night there's more and more. And um, so, and then about a week into this, I've Take a bunch to to, to um, Fuji, drop them off, and there was a bunch that I'd already taken there previously. They were they wanted to come back here because this was more. They realized this was more home than the homeland. Their Japan, right. they Japan was. was right. Not all of them, but some of them are. So, okay, so then I was trucking in both <laughs> directions. Both directions, right? And you were a bus driver before, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, sort of. Okay. Um, so what form just,
1: were you taking when you were flying? Kind of like a giant eagle um, kind a, of a giant bird? bird
2: or something. I had my my arms are out and my nose are my wings. I don't know exactly what form okay. I was in. I'm but, thinking parakeet, that's what's coming yeah. to mind <laughs> right? uh, I got a longer beak than that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and then how I was seeing them when I was flying over there, they were like these little Little lights. You know the lights that people hang on their eaves at Christmas time, like mm-hmm. icicles? Yeah. yeah. Icicle lights. They look really cool. So that's that's how I was seeing or feeling that they you know, when I had my wings out. And the most the the one night I had I figure over six hundred hanging hanging off of me. Right. Wow. Six hundred. And altogether, I figure there's about twenty-five or twenty-six hundred um, that I that
1: you transported.
2: Transported, we either one way or both ways or whatever. Wow! And um, so that's why it took a while. You know, I mean, I don't, you probably remember. It yeah, took, it was it, months. Yeah,
1: that it, you were working at that.
2: Yeah, and but I until I knew that little nugget of information and that they needed, that's what they needed. I I couldn't do anything. Right. You know. Or I didn't know how to do whatever it is that was needed. because, And there were so many of them. And it's not just like one or right. two or something. It's like right. thousands, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so those were the ones that I was able to... To help, And then um, I think you phoned me at some point and said that you were able to sleep again or something, yep. right?
1: Yeah, it got oh, much yeah. better.
2: And so did I.
1: Yeah. That was
2: good. It <laughs> <laughs>
1: kept you awake for a long time. Oh,
2: it was horrible. It was so, you'd just sort of be on that edge of going to sleep, but you yeah. couldn't. Yeah. Right. That's the way it was affecting me anyway.
1: Yeah.
2: It wasn't like they had shouting voices or anything. It was just an energy Place that I couldn't kind of break through to sleep, right? Right.
0: So, so you said there were how many at that time period? There were 10,000 um, tw- or 12,000? 12, 12,500. Yeah. So you got another 10,000 to go through,
2: roughly. Well, well I'm sure some of them may, didn't need my. I was right, just trying to freak at, you <laughs> out. <that's all. laughs> yeah, I know. But the other th- historical thing about that, there was another 13,500 that went to the prairies. I never realized there those. Was.
0: I really pity because minus forty in or minus fifty, yeah, with really crappy housing conditions. I mean, well, they I, were sleeping in tents here. Yeah, exactly. And I, 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 see some of the structures that are still standing from that. Time those were the luxury ones. Yeah, and <laughs> it would not have been fun. And
2: there was like been four or, or five homes. families in each one of those little. Yeah. They had, like, one cooking area, and then they they had it curtained off so that each family sort of had its little right. corner, I guess. Right. You know? Wow. And then the first ones, like, they came in the fall, and there wasn't any enough room to put all of them there. And a lot of them were in tents down in Boson. Um, right. Um, Boson Farm or something. Where, Boson the, Ranch. Where? Boson Ranch, right. Yeah. We're, we're, we're the uh, um, campground in the right. Centennial Park. or I yeah. can't remember what gotcha. it's called. Yeah. Uh, and how many years total?
0: With well, 19, I think the end
2: of 1941, 1942 is when most of them came here. Right. And um, they were actually having, from my research, they were actually having trouble with the weather. Um, a lot of them were getting tuberculosis yeah. because of the of the weather As here, constant right? Cold. And especially right. Sandin was really bad because it's such a narrow. Mm-hmm. Right, they actually moved them out of there because it was, and so that's why the hospital got built. Okay, they hired the Japanese. It took them a year to open the hospital, or to build. Sorry, build a hospital. It, I think it was March 1943 that the hospital opened. So, New Denver became the center of like all oh, this whole area. So, if any of them got sick or they needed anything, they came here to New Denver to get treated or I don't know whatever. Right to the whatever. Slocan
1: Health Center. Yeah. So then you ended up having to to clear a bunch from the Slokan Health Center itself as well, right?
2: Right. That that's a little bit different story in the fact. That my understanding is that they call it a health center now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know exactly what... Anyway, um, because um, the problem that the, it wasn't there wasn't so much the Japanese, it was the people who died of dementia.
1: Oh, okay. At, right. at the, the hospital, so they
2: were stuck. They didn't know... They were right. too confused to leave. You know, they didn't know what to do or know about, you know, going to the light and all that kind of thing. And it took me, a, so um, when you actually asked me if I could do something about that, it was a bit difficult because it can't actually go there because it's a... Governmental uh, <laughs> yeah. place. If
1: he, went, he went with all your regalia. I mean, yeah,
2: yeah it'd be, kick you out. Come and take me away. He hee ho ho. And, <laughs> yeah, and he, don't mess with infernal health. Infer- yeah, exactly. So I tried to do that uh, remotely, and I did. It just took a while. Um, what I did, though, because of the first experience of the Japanese, I set a time limit on it. Right. Nine, I said, nine weeks. It's got to happen in nine weeks, or that's it. I'm out of here. Right. So, when I did visit there, again, it did a kind of the same thing. When I, when I crashed at night, I'd do a little journey, and because and, and, um, nighttime is more spirit time than daytime, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, so the subconscious is more
0: free to flow, too, right? Yeah. We're not thinking of stuff.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and everybody's tired and they want to crash and whatever, right? Yeah. You got less, you know, butting of heads or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> Not always, but hopefully. Anyway. So I'd go there, but I couldn't get their attention. That's they I kept going to this one big room. I don't know if in there, but I kept going to this one big room and they had a big table in the more or less in the center of it. <laughs> And I couldn't get anybody's attention. They were just zooming all over the place and all around. Right. And so um, every week I'd call in, um, I used some Ally cards and I'd pick three more cards, more helpers <laughs> every week. Well, got, it was getting pretty close to the end of the nine weeks. And um I was getting kind of desperate, you know. I wasn't, didn't seem to be making absolutely any headway at all, but I kept trying every night. That's so why you can, you know, intention, intention, intention. And so the one night I went there, and uh, there was this fellow dressed in black. He wouldn't let me see his face. He let me see the the left side of his face like that. Couldn't see his eyes or anything. He had a black hat on. And he went over to the table. And there's all kinds of stuff on the table. And he would, with his fists. He would raise it way up. And he would go, Mam! Come down with his fist, And everything on the table went like, That's... jumped up about a foot and came back right. oh, down again. Right. And then that got everybody's attention. And And as soon as he did that, he says, all right. There's a train waiting outside. Get your stuff. Get on it. You got five minutes. He
1: just and he just kept repeating
2: the- that, repeating that. And some of them actually did get on the the train. It was a steam train, actually, and it. it, it took off and so the next night same thing wham on the table whew, all the stuff would fly and come back down again okay there's a lo- there's some buses out there you got 5 minutes to get your stuff and get on the bus he didn't negotiate he just boom 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 like right do it
1: but he didn't use a train every night. He used a train, a
2: bus. The bus, yeah. And then it was the older buses, like you see in some of the older like 1950 movies and stuff. Right. Because the hospital's been there since 1943, right? And um, and every time it was a little bit different transportation. Sometimes it was cars and sometimes it was buses and, then, like, the train. And that went on, I don't know how long that went on for both. Well, I didn't have that many more days left, maybe five or six days that he did that and uh yeah so that's and the only way this this fellow who was doing this a, to me he looked remind me of johnny cash you know that that gruff voice and 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 manner right. that he had but he wouldn't let me see his face like i could see that his left side and everything else was was just black. I couldn't see his eyes or anything.
1: Long
2: black coat. Long black coat. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, bam. So if he
0: helped you so much, did you cut him in on the commission?
2: <laughs> I wish there was a commission yeah. on that
0: one. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the gratitude. IHA again, right? Yeah. yeah. The
2: gratitude. He got cut yeah. in on the gratitude. Yeah. So
0: um, I'm going to interrupt at this point. Uh, I think it's an. Appropriate time to play some music. And why don't we play some Johnny Cash? There you go. I hear a train coming.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Great.
0: And we're back. You're listening to Shift Happens Empower Hour. My name is Jeff.
1: And I'm Anna.
0: And we are interviewing...
1: Johnny Cash.
0: No, Tommy (laughs) Hopkins. Smart uh, guy. Yeah, right. Smart guy. So, yeah, for those of you who've just started to tune into the show, we've been talking about some otherworldly kind of stuff. And, I don't know, bring them up to speed if you want there, dear.
1: Well, spirit busting, not... Um, so you said before, not ghost spirits. How, do you? How do you make that distinction?
2: To me, I guess. To me, the word ghost would be that I could actually physically see, see them. See them, yeah. Okay. You know, like an apparition or, or or wavy or something. Mm-hmm. To me, they're all spirits because I can't. I, I I visually can't see Same. them. So and. Working with spirits, I, I can't, I don't see the ones that work with me normally either. Um, I just, it's feeling. I, I get my information through feelings, and and the other way I get information is, is what I call key words. Sometimes spirit will just give me a word or two, and then I have to figure out how it relates to whatever. You mean like wahoo? <laughs> Well, ooh, I guess that could be a word. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, no. An example of that would be. Um, I remember. Oh my gosh, sure go traveling again. In the nineties, when I was doing this stuff, one night I had six Taiwanese, um, both men and women, come to my place, and they all wanted a, a treatment. I like, I'm not sure what they wanted because we couldn't couldn't
1: speak the same
2: language it's the language a problem yeah right.
0: okay <laughs>
2: except for one could one there was one person who could almost you know t- speak some english
0: okay <laughs> almost <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing an extraction healing which is on this the first one actually the and extraction healing is removing negative thought forms that we have either generated ourselves or somebody has put them on us somehow right. or another. Right. And um, I was went down. So, a way I just find those things is I'd get my hand, I just go to kind of like that, and kind of like wash it sort of in the air so that it's just clear. And then I just. Run up my hand about, a, I don't know, what's that, about six inches from my, the person's body? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, there's something there. And my, the way I described it is, my people would, so what they would, they would show me, or my mind's eye, I would see like maybe a black gob of gook. Or you seem to get a lot of what I call gook, or right. ants, or a board, or a spear, or something, or sword, maybe, or something. So, I knew it was it was foreign to the body, so I knew that's what I had to... Take off. Take off. Right. So I was working on his right ankle. And at, at that time, um, I was taught to put everything, um, I guess I'll use the word negative, but mm-hmm. into a large body of water. Because you get enough water around something, it's going to... Um, Eventually, you'll wear it away. But like if you get enough water around basically. the rock, it'll be yeah, it'll be gone, right? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So all I had to do is know that there's a large body of water, like a lake or a river or something, five miles, and you just in your mind's eye, when you let it go, the negativity, you have to see it go to that body of water, and then go into the body of water and stay in the body of water. Okay. So he was lying off to the side here. I had a window that I could see out of over here, overlooking the lake at that time. Right. But he couldn't see he so my back would be to him and he couldn't see what I was doing with my hands, right? Right. So as soon as I left I put my hand out and opened it up like that to let go of this the guck that I had taken out of his ankle, he'd go, Ah, 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 ah it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. He couldn't see me do that, but he could That's feel it what was, coming that. That was what, what was happening, right? Right. So I'd see it going to the lake, and then I come back, and then well, I don't know, never had that kind of experience before. This is always a learning curve doing this stuff. And so went again, took some more stuff out of his ankle, went to the window again. He can't see me at all. Because it actually I only have like a couple of candles burning. It's pretty dark in okay. there. And as soon as I opened my hand again, he's he going, ah is even more Dramatic. aggressive with the pain sounds.
0: <laughs> so, you're really enjoying this, by the way. No, right?
2: I'm going, Oh, what the hell do I do? Yeah, <laughs> or excuse me, uh, um, <laughs> HE double hockey sticks, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the, the third time I went down. I'm going, I just kind of knelt down because there's there are five other one people are standing and, there and, and witnessing it in, in the room which, which is always a good thing actually. Anyway, and I'm just pretending like I'm praying or something and I go help <laughs> <laughs> the spirit because you right?
1: don't want to do it again and have him huh? completely screaming.
2: Yeah, well so and then the word that came in was father and I go What do I do with that? That was the word so right. And I got processing and thinking a little bit um but then it came to me, oh so i asked through the translator guy to ask the other guy if his father has the same if his father was alive first i've established that his father was still alive and then i said does your father's ankle hurt he said, yes and i said can you send some healing energy to your father's ankle and he says, oh, well, yeah, sure. And he just kind of zoned right out. And he was gone for, like, I don't know, two or three minutes or something. And meanwhile, I'm down there, please help. <laughs> and then he came back and says, okay, doesn't hurt anymore. See, in that situation, he needed to make a connection. It wasn't me that needed to make. Yeah. He needed to connect with his father. His, his father. Right. And so, and that's one of the things I learned doing this over the years is um, when we're children... Quite often, they want to help our parents. Mm-hmm. So they'll take on, in this case, like the pain in the, the ankle. Mm-hmm. And they forget about it. You know, we probably did that when they were like five or I don't know who. Right,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. And, they, you know, he's in his 20s, mid-20s at least at that point, right? So right. he's totally forgotten about that. Right. So when he did the healing thing, then he reconnected that and was able to release oh. it. That's about what we were talking about.
1: Well, you were saying uh, (laughs) spirit communicates through a key word.
2: Right. Oh, the key words, right.
1: Just trying to get a sense of when you're, say, at the pavilion clearing out ghosts and you said they weren't paying any attention to you, but you were pretty clear on what Johnny Cash actually did. Right. So did you see him? Well, I could
2: actually see, yeah, this black figure and him fist coming down on the table and everything like lifting about a right. foot or something. Each, each That's how he each got their time. attention. Right. It's I, not just easy. Just speaking to them, you can, I yeah. could not get it, their attention, right?
1: It's the same thing. They need that
2: big crash or whatever. In that.
1: life, it's difficult to communicate with people with dementia. They tend to just be distracted and...
2: Right. Yeah. So that makes sense. So, let's see. Um...
1: Well, okay, so that was, th- and I can attest to the fact because I was doing hospice work. Well, you were the one to basically asked me to go yes, if I could do something. I couldn't go into the building without feeling exhausted
2: right. and drained because right, I had right. so
1: many right. spirits glom on right. every time I came that yeah, yeah, it was yeah. debilitating. Because they and probably didn't
2: know what else to do either. You yeah. Can't, you can't really blame them or anything. No,
1: and I couldn't seem to get them to leave yeah. me alone or and i couldn't seem to get them to, to, to clear leave. to right. leave so that was incredibly helpful cuz i you know I, so did, i've been able to you go were there able to
2: do, go i in have there.
1: to tell you that it's kind of building up again but
2: yeah we well, have well, talked to
0: a, yes. a couple nurses and they say that there's definitely stuff that's going on in the middle of the night right yeah right and well, they're well,
2: the story, if I remember correctly, the story you told me, there was a gentleman staying there and he couldn't sleep at night because they were bothering him yes. so so much. But afterwards, after Johnny had done his work, he thought he was going crazy because they weren't bothering him
1: <laughs> Yes, that's right.
2: <laughs> that's the story uh, I remember. Yes,
1: it's true. He was a little bit concerned because it all of a sudden stopped.
2: It stopped, right. Yeah. Yeah. Lonely.
1: Well, I think he just didn't understand why.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, but it was definitely a good thing because I think a lot of people in that facility were being bothered at various right. times when and I the And I'm not surprised it's getting
2: built up again. Yeah,
1: but, it is. Um,
2: I have to do. So. Not, I don't know if I'm into doing it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was a long nine weeks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I. You know, it's it's almost like this. I know it's not within their belief system a lot of times, but That's, it's like the staff need to have the skills to help those people leave when they die.
2: Right. Rather than that would be good.
1: Yeah. Rather than having them
2: spiritual minister, or spiritual leader or something. Yeah. because A lot of them don't know either.
1: No. And that, in
2: my experience.
1: It's true. And actually we were just talking about this the other day that, um, you know it used to be sort of traditional for a priest to come and do the absolution and all of right. that and prepare people to die so then right. they would if they believed in all of that they would that they would th- pass exactly. easier. that's
2: like a doorway for them or yeah or it sets the stage or whatever right yes
1: and that isn't really a part of our tradition anymore
2: I know um, People already go to Church or or, or any spiritual practice. Exactly, and
1: you don't need to go to church. No, And it doesn't matter what it is you believe, but if you have some form of belief around it and you understand that you need to transition, then that's more likely to happen.
2: Exactly. A lot of people just kind of poof-poof it. Yeah. That's what I get. Well, and there's also the problem,
0: I mean, you've seen this with hospice as well. There are some people that become part of hospice because they have a religious agenda as well and so that has been pretty much curtailed
1: well yeah that's so anytime it's also created
0: a void too right
1: yeah when you receive training it's very clear that you're not to um you know try to convince the person dying that there's that you have some sort of understanding, yes, yeah. spiritual understanding that they don't have, or
2: yeah, it doesn't take a whole lot actually. As you know, as long as what I find with a lot of people, if they're if they can be open to something good happening in a good way, mm-hmm. that's usually all it takes. They don't actually have to believe it, yes, but, they just want a relief, yeah. But if, if they have a firm uh, belief system like this is, you know, this is kabosh. You know, this is not
1: right. Yeah, hogwash. Or whatever. That,
2: that's like a might as well put a five-mile-high fence in front of them. And
1: so, you think that people who are atheists are more likely to end up sort of earthbound?
2: Possibly, but I think it more just is. You know, what what they. Even if, like like I say, even if they believe there's a possibility of something good happening, that's, in my experience, that's all it really takes. It's when they just, like, there's no way that that can happen, then for them, it's probably not going to happen, right?
1: You're rewarded according to your beliefs. Exactly. So, tell us about your... You were going to tell us a story about when you were camping near Revelstoke.
2: Oh, Revelstoke. So it's north of Revelstoke along the the river on the the ups the upside of the dam up there. And I basically I ended up there because I was in Revelstoke and I needed a place to crash for the night. I've been driving I can't remember from where to where but and so I looked at my my map and oh, there's a road up here. Looks like I can camp up there. So I went up there and found this place to camp. Right, right at dark, made some, made some food, and and I crashed. It was in the fall. I think it was in September or something. It is quite a, probably around near 2,000 or something. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but quite a while ago. And so I crashed. I was tired because I'd been a long day. And about, um, I, I figure it was about 12, 12.30. All of a sudden, I startled awake. Actually, I jumped up. Like, I'm lying in the back of my canopy. There's not much room to jump in there.
1: <laughs> you banged your head. <laughs> yeah.
2: And because there was this lady and another, and a guy behind her, they were laying on top of me. It felt like they were like, what's that, about an inch away from my nose or something? Like, right. And I, it was not a very good way to, to wake up. And, okay, so I guess they, I could call them a ghost. And they, their clothes look kind of old, you know, uh, style wise. Right. And I tried to convince them to, like, go to the light and, and that kind of thing. And and I think we conversed back and forth for um, almost two hours, I think. I was getting really tired of (laughs) of of talking, of doing this, you know, I mean, not verbally speaking, but in your mind kind of thing. And she, she knew, she seemed to have this, she seemed to be really into her power. And the guy behind her wasn't, he was like, like, scared. He was scared. He was scared as heck. And, um, so anyway i eventually fell asleep and i guess that's when they maybe when they they left i just remember like going over and over and over and over everything you know like look for friends and relatives who've already gone and and you know look for the light and it's okay nothing bad's going to happen to you and you know all the
0: that is look for friends and relatives that haven't gone down under
2: well I don't know. H. E. double hockey sticks.
0: <laughs> you don't want to find them.
2: You might find them and they find out you owe them some money. I yeah, exactly. Know, but, uh, <laughs> so anyway, I fell asleep and then the next morning when I got up, I got the map out and I discovered that there was a ghost town not very far away from where where I was staying. Right. And actually the creek that where I was staying is Lafone Creek and the town was named Lafone.
1: What right,
2: the form? Uh, form? F- form, yeah, L A F O R M E, yeah, however, you say that. I'm not very good at languages, and so I that got my curiosity up. So I tried to get to where the the ghost town was, and um, everything was really really overgrown, and I was kind of bushwhacking quite a bit, and I, I finally seen at least. To about three three of the buildings in town but there was this the, the creek was very fast running and it was very steep down each side of the creek to get to it and mm-hmm. i um i figured oh my gosh if i slip down there i'm i'm done right You're gonna have so that's else. as close as i as i got to the town so there was actual town there
1: right there was still some remains
2: yeah, the, some buildings, yeah. Right. But I could see like over the treetops kind of mm-hmm. through a little clearing kind of thing. And so actually was it later that day or the next day I went to the museum in Revelstoke and asked them about it. And they knew about the town, but that's about all they knew. That's, they knew it was on the map. That was about right. about it. So, but that was a heck of a way to wake up <laughs> when you're sound asleep.
1: Do you, do you think they're attracted to you because you can Because I they know it, I
2: can help them in some fashion. I right? see dead people. <laughs> Great line. <Yeah. laughs> Why the hell did you get into all this stuff? I didn't know I was. <laughs> all right.
1: <laughs> it just kind of happened?
2: It just kind of happened. Well, I got... Uh, it's a bit of a long story, but... Um, After my second wife left, and my kids had grown up enough they'd gone, there was me and the dog in a five-bedroom house, which was kind of nuts because it was the first time we had room for (laughs) everybody. Anyway, I put the house up for sale, and life carries on. But in that process of carrying on, I just felt like there was something... And I needed to learn or do or experience. I didn't know what. I felt like there was something missing that I needed to look into at least. So I had that quest for quite a few years, actually, before I think it was. So I went to men's groups and sweat lodges and gatherings and looking, 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 looking for. I, don't, I didn't know what I was looking for. Um, and I was at a healing gathering down in, it was in this Washington state, in the Okanagan in the Washington state. And at those healing gatherings, people would come and they'd share whatever they wanted to share. They'd They'd go to a little workshop space and somebody might be doing something on numerology or somebody's doing about using clay for healing, one guy had was rehabilitated hawks. You never knew what you were going to come across. Well, I looked on the board there, where everybody had written what they were, and there was nothing on there that interests me. You know, There's one on shamanism. I wonder what the heck that is. So, I went to this, and the ladies talking. Talking, talking, and I couldn't. What the heck is she talking? I couldn't understand. I didn't know the words she, she was using, the words like soul retrieval and extraction healing and stuff. like. And it was all, might as well been garbly goop to me. Might as well be Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> but afterwards, um, when the, she finished talking, she handed out this photocopy of a magazine article on soul retrieval. And I took one and I. T- Took it home and I actually read it like two weeks later. Usually that stuff kind of gets filed pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I actually read it and oh my God, I need one of these things. I could feel it in my stomach. Right? I need one of these so whatever it is. And so luckily, and it wasn't just gas. No, <laughs> not in that situation. All right. <laughs> so luckily, the lady who gave the talk lived in Idaho, and she'd put her phone number on the on the back of the. The Hand paper that I hauled home and I phoned her up and she says oh yeah well I don't know how to, at that time it was like a rebirth of that soul retrieval process right? and um, no, very very few people knew how to do it and she says I don't know I can't do it, I don't know anybody that knows how to do it, she says but I'm sponsoring a basic workshop in about a month, you come to that maybe you get a line on it uh, okay, I was, I felt really strong. You know, the feeling was, yes, you got to do this kind of thing. So I went to the, the basic workshop, which is learning to journey. Um, basically, that's what it's about: is learning to journey using um, using a drum beat or a rattle, shaking or a rattle, that kind of sonic drive. And um, wow. I come out of that work. It took me almost all weekend to get a decent journey in, because my mind wanted to do something else, I guess. But <laughs> part of the learning curve, you know. Yeah. And And um, wow, this is this is cool. And I couldn't wait to get home after work. And I just run, go home, and I put a drumming tape on, and then I just lie down and I journey and hang out with my power animals and teachers and stuff, and just. Oh, I just uh, just felt so empowering, and I still call it empowering to this day um so then I wanted to, to learn more and I, and um when I was at that basic workshop i uh I joined the foundation shamanic studies um with Michael Harner. he's no longer alive, but he was back then and um they send a newsletter out, I think it was three or four times a year. So, so, I, the so I got into that um, coming up Minnesota up in that time, mostly all over North America. Mostly in the States, actually. 95% probably in the States. Or maybe, but maybe a few in Canada, back in Toronto or something. But um, mostly in the States. So that, that took, oh, I don't know, a month or so to come. And I got it and I go, oh, look at this. Nature spirits in, um, where was that? It was North Dakota, oh, Minnesota. It was in Minnesota. So I phoned the guy up. Yeah, yeah, we got room for you. And it was about the same time I was taking some holidays, so I took uh, about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, just not time to put up my, t- I don't know, my car that, that car at that time. And um, I had a Civic, actually, not very good for sleeping in, which I did, but... <laughs> <laughs> on the way there that got you conditioned to
0: small spaces the spaces
2: though. but definitely yeah, anyway yeah so but it was cheap on gas oh gosh and um got my tent spot set up and went to the workshop and so nature spirits was learning to to uh, you know, like talk to the trees and the fire and the, you know, the elements and stuff like that. And we were, it was kind of interesting because we were actually in the guy's woodworking workshop. So when there's 13 of us, so when we were journeying, we were lying down between bandsaws and <laughs> sanders and everything, everything else, right? And then he gives us a little mission and we go out, outside and connect with a tree or rock or what, whatever the project happened to be and then come back in and make our notes and share and then we go and do another one, right? So that kind of got me started and that was, that was empowering. And I drove home. And I got home Sunday night, and I got the, the calendar, workshop calendar thing out. Oh, what's this next weekend? Extraction healing in Portland. Phone them up. Yeah, yeah, we got room for you. So um, I, I had my whole Honda Civic all packed. Left at 3 o'clock when I got off work, and I drove to to Portland that that night, got in like 3 o'clock in the morning or something, slept what I could in the car, and um, did that, that workshop, which is, again, removing negative thought forms, and it just, I just kept going like that, so I kept going to workshops, and um and people i've noticed can get on a roll they'll fly from new york to san francisco to do a weekend workshop and then black it back again because you i don't know for me from my perspective it was just so empowering us and not a power over or anything it's just mm-hmm. in the power of who you are in a good way right right so one of the workshops was um death, dying, and beyond. And so that's where where um, I've learned how to, you know, help these. And actually, the first one I did was my dad. He had been dead, and I did this in the workshop. He'd been dead 28 years already. And so our mission, of we were supposed to be two journeys, and it was we were just supposed to go and check and see if there's somebody that we knew, a friend, relative, who hadn't gone to the light yet. So when I did that journey, there's my dad's. And, um, wow. So, and I asked him, well, how come you haven't gone to the light? This helps when you can communicate.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, He says, well... You didn't have a language barrier with him? Not yet, no. All right. (laughs) Um, He was, I guess you could say... A workaholic, which is well, I haven't painted the house and I hadn't cut the lawn and I hadn't planned the garden and then, and, then, you know, and all these things that he hadn't accomplished yet, right? And that's what was holding him back. And I'm uh, scratching my head in the other world there. What do I do? With my power animals hands me um, one of those, those um, packages of brown paper. Bags that people put lunches in. Mm-hmm. Hands you one of them, and I hand it to him. And so, what he had to do was everything he hadn't done yet. Painted the house, <coughs> blow it into the bag, and tie it up, and then go on to the <coughs> wash the car, or whatever. So at that point, the the callback beat was was coming, and so I said, I gotta go. I'll be back at some point. And actually, end up being back. That was the last journey of the night, and then the next morning he went back first thing. And there he's sitting there, and all these bags are (laughs) floating around him, right? Bags of hot air. Yeah. And um, and he says, did did you blow up? Yeah, I can't think of anything else that I haven't done yet. So I was sitting on my power animal. he gets on in front of me, and we're all gathered up these bags, and we're all trying to... Hang on to these these bags to keep them from flying away, which was quite comical. <laughs> and my partner we just sort of started went up. I don't know what's that about a forty-five degree, degree angle or something. Oh. We just went shooting up, and then as we got close to the light, these bags would go off and go boom like fireworks. Boom, 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 and then he just my dad just took off, and then the rest of the bags and <laughs> popping all over the place, and so that oh, that felt so good to do, be able to do
0: that kind of to thing, be able right? to provide someone that kind of relief and someone that's really
2: well, important yeah, to you. Right? I didn't even know he, that he had gone to gone the white. Yeah, yet, right. Yeah. I had no I had no clue of any of that kind of stuff. So, so there's I guess the answer how all that got started. You know, look, and you shall get into stuff you don't expect to.
0: So a lot of shift. Has happened in your life because of all this uh, oh, wacky stuff, totally, hey?
2: Totally, and, yeah. And good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's all good stuff. And um, so we've got about two minutes left
0: before the interview is done. Is there anything you'd like to share with the listeners
1: if they happen to have the feeling yeah. that there's if they have a feeling that there's someone
2: oh that's, hanging that's, around that needs stuck. some help yeah. assistance? Yeah, just put out to, the, to them whatever way that that works. I, you know there's I mean every situation to me is uh, different and you sort of have to work with what you, you got in the moment and just right. keep, keep at it until you find the right window or something. And so it's basically um, go to the light. there's no danger there you, if you want you can always come back um and friends and relatives are usually around the light somewhere so you can see them right Mm -hmm. and um they'll help and assist you whatever it is that and you know if you know a person knows about their power animals and teachers they can help too most people are not that connected in my experience but um you know, just putting it out to the universe sometimes is all it takes. Literally, it was all it, you know, and like I was talking before, the the belief and the possibility, you don't have to believe it, mm-hmm. but the belief in the possibility of something good happening in a good way. Right. Will, will make miles.
1: Right. And trusting yourself to be able to perceive and communicate.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think you even have to know that. I mean, or. or well, I
1: mean, when you're trying to help someone leave, yeah, you have to have some sort of trust in your ability to communicate to right. them what Yeah,
2: and it comes down to the purity yeah. of your yeah, intent just as well. Intention, right? intention, intention, you know. Yeah. I don't think, you know, if, if the bigger your intention is, you don't need to know all the nuts and bolts of it.
1: Yeah, it's not complicated. Hmm? It's not complicated.
2: No,' it's, it's you know it's, it's almost kindergartenish, really. You know like just keep working on what you what you got and keep putting the intention out there and especially if you can come from your heart and not your pocketbook and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, go for it, you know. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? It's not gonna happen.
0: Well, the worst that could happen is you get really successful at it. And, and you to be interviewed by call, us on yeah. the radio. And, and then your friends and you call you. And yeah, exactly. two
2: people laying on top. <laughs> well, if they're really cute. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, but, uh, that's kind of a different world situation.
1: Where... <laughs> well, I have to say thank you very much You're for no helping yeah. you Come. with the pavilion and with the the ranch oh, wow, and the, yeah. the general area because it, it definitely lightened things up and it's oh, yeah. been much better. There's so,
0: yeah,
1: probably all kinds of people out there that benefited that
0: don't even know you did it. And hopefully some people listening to this interview will benefit it. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. Yeah. So you've been listening to Shift Happens, the Empower Hour. My name is Jeff. And I'm
1: Anna.
0: And we have been interviewing Tom Hopkins of the Nelson area. And we won't give out his contact info just in Cheers. case there are... <laughs> Crazy ghost like (laughs) people that want to look them up. But uh, anyway, thanks for listening and we'll see you.
2: People find me when they need to find me is what I found. So next week. In a good way. In a good way. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Oh.